I am Matt Dingle Doofus. I am Matt Dingle Doofus. I am Matt Dingle Doofus. Hello, it is us, your three favorite metal nerdery people. That wasn't awkward at all. Que pasó? That was awkward because that's usually your thing. <laughs> Once again, I'm an idiot. You spelled <laughs> the focal point of our show wrong today. That's all right. Don't be so down on yourself. It's okay, Matt. You can do it. Take two. Bring on the positivity. Cue the optimism. Cue the optimism. Why do you mean like affinity of those at Scout Camp? <laughs> infinity so, of those. I was almost expecting you to say cue the uh, suppository, but... Uh, eh? I've done those. Don't want really to do much. <laughs> Whoa. Hey. Anyway, hi. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. All right, you have... Welcome uh, Yeah, let's... Uh, Matt, Bill, and Adam here. Metal Nerdery. Metal Nerdery. Enough suppository talk. This is Metal Nerdery. This is Nigel Nigerson, and you're listening to Metal Nerdery. Please follow them on the social media. Uh, they are now on Twitter at Metal Nerdery. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Metal Nerdery Podcast. And search for them out in the Googles at metalnerdery.com slash podcast. This is Obvious Osborne. That guy's British. Isn't it obvious? You know the show's going to go downhill when the first, right out of the gate, we're talking about suppositories. <laughs> I guess it depends. I mean, you can over here for folks. Wrong gate. Okay, wrong gate. <laughs> Don't know what that means. We're going to move on today. Today we are excited to bring to you. Excited? We're not excited, although we could be excited. As long as it was the first song called Excited on the album, Excited. We are excited to bring to you our... Uh, I guess you call it the Metal Nerdery take on two of our favorite bands that are actually kind of the same band, Ratchild America and Souls at Zero. Or as we lovingly refer, Rathsaz. 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 That just sounds, that rolls off the tongue. Rathsaz. Yeah. It's like multiple, multiple applicable. Is that a word? Yeah, I don't, I don't really care what their name was. I called them badass. Yes. There you go. Way. Personally. Yeah, sure. Way in the badassometer, they were they were they broke the badassometer. They went right <laughs> over the edge. They kind of badassometer. Took, well, they took thrash to that hole because thrash always had that musical element to it, like with the acoustic guitars and stuff. But these guys took it like a step further. It's like they were doing, like they were doing reggae stuff. They were doing like classical guitar stuff. I mean, they were doing all kinds of crazy. Yeah, they shit were music. they were almost prog in their own kind yeah. of way. I don't know. Hmm. You know, not dream theater. And no whispering. Li- and even listen, right. <laughs> even right. lyrically, I'll quit making fun. Of they're it. almost like philosophy metal. I mean, they you know could go on that same boat. But there's just something about Ratchel America that was just very, very different. And they, I've what I, from what I read about them, they are a cult band. That stands to reason. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Well, yeah, because I mean, even years after Saz was gone. It's like you could walk into a music store somewhere wearing your sash shirt. Another guy would pass you and be like, yeah. I fucking remember. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're still out it's there. Like, it's like we were in the club, you know. Right. And that's a small but limited club. But there, uh, we may have some news. 
Maybe it's not news. Maybe we're just being lied to by the internet. But we have some pending that news that Ratchel America may be reuniting. Reuniting. Uh, would be lovely. Possibly touring and or putting out some new material. Just got to get Shannon away from Gadsmack. Yeah, which would be fucking awesome to see Ratchel America come back. I mean... Yeah, because I dare say we saw them every time they came to Atlanta. And they came with some As Rapchild horse bands. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They, they toured with some amazing bands. I think they toured with Slayer. I know I know they toured with Pantera. We saw them that show. Testament. Testament, yeah. That was, yeah. That was the first time I saw them. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Testament, Saz, and uh, Annihilator. And that was freaking amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But they were always so fucking awesome. It was just like... I always felt like when I go see Ratchel America that I got a show. It wasn't just just going to a metal show. It was like it was a show. I mean, it was like a production almost because Shane Larkin was back there just headbanging and doing crazy so shit. I'd call him a full contact drummer. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, there was one year it was before they made the transition to Souls at Zero, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But they were actually playing. It was the 3D tour, and they were playing new shit that was basically the first like half of the souls at zero album. So they were play. it was like Pantera style. They were playing it on tour before they released it. Right. And it was me and Adam were, were watching uh, Jay Abitti who was playing a guitar and it was like, it was shaking the whole masquerade. It like, didn't take much, right? No, but it was just like this thunder because it was tuned down. It was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. yeah it was it's pretty it, badass. It was yeah. gargantuan. I mean, it was massive. And of course, you know, then we heard they broke up. That was back when you had to follow metal magazines to know. This was pre-internet. This was the 90s where hashtag no evidence. We didn't have to worry about that. So we had to research on our own. But, but yeah, Right Child America was amazing. If they get back together, that's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. What he said. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That too. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that first album was, I just, it was solid front to back. As with all their releases, pretty much, but they just kind of like what you were saying before. They just had this extra, I don't know, just the, their songs stuck in your head. It wasn't just they weren't casual traditional listening. They weren't traditional. No, they weren't traditional. Yeah, because they added elements of other. Well, that first album is a testament to that. You know, I mean, <laughs> ha, they toured, huh. but I mean, they had like reggae stuff. They had like blues stuff. Pink Floyd. Pink I'm sorry, Floyd Pink cover. Floyd. Pink Floyd. Oh, you're like a Pink Floyd. You're like a Pink Floyd, big But they had so many different influences on their music. It's like you almost couldn't categorize them. No, that's kind of I always sort of gravitated towards those kind of bands that sort of defied the categorization process. And lyrically, even their lyrical content was it was thought provoking. Like I was listening to um, 3D on the way over here. Every song, I mean, it's like it. You think about it, kind of like, wow, they're talking. I mean, they're talking about kind of profound stuff. They're not just talking about, right. you know, just rambling on about nuclear war or whatever. I mean, they're talking about real shit. It's it's impressive. Well, first first album, you had a song about being buried alive. You know, yeah, <laughs> a little different. That first album, I listened to it today, and it, I kind of rediscovered, I guess, what I enjoy about it. Like, I've, I've always liked the album, but today it's like I listen to it in a different way. It's like it, as a 
like it really kind of fit as like a, a total piece. Like if you listen to it front to back, the way it flows and the way it's structured, it just, it's like a perfect representation of this is what Ratchel America sounds like. Yeah. To me, it's like, it's kind of like if you go back and listen to that first Smiley Crew album or Kill 'em All. It's it's kind of got like that unbridled rawness to it. Like yeah. the essence. You know what I mean? They haven't, they've been refining these songs for a while, whatever. This is kind of like, it's just them going for it yeah. kind of deal. It's like, this is our chance. Just let it hang out, you know, before sometimes when bands get two, three, four, five albums into it, things kind of start getting, I don't know if I want to say watered down or whatever, but it's, it just depends on what they're going for and who they've got talking to them. And sure. If they get burned out or pushed too much or something well, like yeah, that. Well, I mean, once a band starts making a little bit of money, there's people going, hey, if you do this, we could make even more money, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just, it's kind of cool listening to some bands' first albums because it's just it's just raw in your face. Yeah, and this album kind of has that sort of uh, abandoned to it to me. You know, it's just it's real rock and roll. Rock well, that, and that's kind of what I liked about it is because like 3D had more of a metal like real in your face kind of more metal approach, but it's like the fir- the climb on the walls. It just it, because it kind of had like no deposit, no return. I mean. That, yeah, there's a little, it's like little a, rock a rock and roll, and roll thing. I mean, unless and then followed by to, hernia. I mean, yeah, and if you're listening to that album up to this to that point, and then they bust out Pink Floyd, do you what? Yeah, that's like a left turn. Where'd that come from? Yeah, completely out of the blue. But they nailed it, and every yeah, fucking yeah. time they just yeah. it was like, oh, what are you gonna play now? You know, I think even classical? even Lee gives it the uh, seal of approval. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is big. They're, they're one of those bands. That's <laughs> He's a, a Floyd head for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're one of those cult bands. It's like anybody that will listen to me talk about metal, if they mention them, I'm like, okay, you're already my friend for life. Yeah. Just because. <laughs> yeah, right. You know who they are, right? <laughs> Should uh, maybe just bust out a little climb in the walls right sure. there just to let people know what we're talking about that don't already know. You got Shannon Largan back there. I mean, he could have easily been playing just a straight 4-4 four, four beat, you know what I mean? And it'd have been serviceable. Yeah, but, but it's he, like was, he was he doing was, a lot of other stuff, though. Right, and it just, you know, it picks your ears. You're like, whoa, that's cool. Plus they, Brad, I don't know. I just always like Brad's voice. Yeah, it always had like a weird Hetfield quality to it, but it was still its own thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that was kind of reminding me of like pre-Pantera, like pre-Power Metal style. Mm. Just like the old singer Terry plays, no, or just no, like just, Phil's old old style. Just the whole kind of vibe of it, you know. 
with the with the brakes in it and oh it's, like it's, like it's a little kind of little upbeat yeah but but pre that you yeah. know what i mean upbeat and tight yeah yeah, yeah. well the, and they always kind of had that sort of fun vibe to him like even when we'd see him you know like brad you know divin's the front man he was always kind of smiley and he just it just they had that energy it was yeah. like it was still a positive energy but they were just yeah i ran into it. jay one time at the merch booth and talked to him for a few minutes he was real cool yeah you know just like a dude yeah just a dude hanging out dude, <laughs> dude. But, but they were so cool to see live so much of their shit is awesome and the 3d album I remember when you got that on CD, Adam. I think I remember we listened to it incessantly, over and over and over, because there was so. Much, I mean, it, we would never get sick of it. There's a lot to take in because it was just that endless. Album. I mean, you got 3D Man, you got uh, Gentleman Death. Just, play, play, just, play Gentleman Death because the opening to that is insane, and then it just like pulls back. Because they had a way of making things that could just be straightforward, and like you were saying a minute ago. They just they find ways to break it. You know what I mean? Well, they make it more in. intriguing yeah. and interesting. Yeah, it just it was a nice change. It's a nice change of pace. It's like you like your fast, straight ahead, in your face kind of music, but sometimes it's cool to listen to. You know, break it up a little bit. Yeah, it's not traditional like you were saying. You know, well, in, in a nerdy way, it's almost kind of like because. As a musician, I always appreciated it when other musicians would play stuff that was a little more complicated maybe than it needed to be. And you could kind of connect with it. It's like, ah. Like Rush with their yeah, like you feel like timing. Like yeah. Yeah. intellectual but, music snob, sort of. But to me, the the bands that are best at doing that are ones that they can do that and pull it off without making you break out an abacus to listen to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, he is... Like it still flows in your head. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like yeah. you don't have to, you're not sitting there counting right. or whatever. I mean, it just, it flows. Yeah. It's it's fucked up, but it flows. Right. <laughs> Spe- speaking of fucked up, it flows. Your nose? Yeah. <laughs> it was out of my nose, actually. But anyway, the beginning of What's Your Pleasure was unbelievable. I remember it blew your brother's mind as a drummer. It was like, holy uh, shit. How I don't remember do that? that. But the beginning of it, What's Your Pleasure, it, it it's... It's like two different time signatures being oh, yeah, played yeah, on top yeah, of yeah, each yeah. other. Yeah, I, I think we we took crazy. that. We took that one to the uh, the band teacher at high school. Oh, Remember? did we? Yeah, because we were like, explain this. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard two, it, Bill? There's like, there's there's two things going on here that are crossing. This shouldn't work, but it works. And he was basically saying they were playing two time signatures layered on top of each other. Mm. So for you metal musician nerds out there that know what the time signatures are, if you care to ping us, we will reveal that on a follow-up episode <laughs> and give you shout-outs, kudos, and commitments. This is Groundhog Day as we're recording. 
Yes, we'll be recording this forever. And condiments. <laughs> forever. <laughs> we'll be back here tomorrow. Forever. <laughs> Same elementary time. Uh, let's check it out. Too, and they play it live. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. Yep. Every goddamn time. But yeah, that beginning part was just sick. It was, was fucked up. <laughs> well, back in the day, because it was always like, because I remember like one time, Adam, you came up with a riff that was like in some weird time signature. It was like, it's so cool when, you, when that happens as a musician. But then when you hear something like, what's your pleasure? And you're like, holy shit, what are they doing? Because it just blows your mind, you know? And they did that They did that on the first one, too. There was other music stuff, that, like time signatures that they were doing. They were just manipulating. Like, how the fuck did they do that? It's because they were maestros. Maestro. They were masters. I love it when everybody stops talking all at the same time. We, <laughs> just, we just stare at each other like, <laughs> what? <laughs> What are it's we like doing here? You? No, you? Uh-uh. Why are we here? Wait, it's, what? it's almost like who farted. It's like, dude, huh, what? <laughs> Your what hurts? <laughs> hey? Butt hurts. <laughs> My wet butt hurts. Your wet butt? <laughs> yeah, why is butt? your butt wet? Well, it took these uh, power laxatives. Whoa. One half teaspoon for fast, effective relief. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How you feeling, Harry Old Here Opal? we go, Squeaky. Squeaky. <laughs> it's my you new sound sque- like my cat. Squeaky pterodactyl toy. You sound like my cat that doesn't know how to meow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just shut up. It barely makes a noise like don't at be, all. Don't be hateful. It's looking at you and it's really trying, but all it comes out with is... <laughs> that's, that's probably what I'll sound like till March, unless I'm still ill. She's our baby, so, you know. Baby. The baby. The baby. You're, you're not my baby, though, so. <laughs> uh, Even though uh, you took me out the other day, got me drunk. You know, I was, yeah. Woke up the next morning, I was like, why is my ass hurt? I don't remember falling. <laughs> I work on it. It was cool. <laughs> Still stuck to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck to the wall. Was Major Sanchez dirty? Do we think? Did you say it stuck to the wall? <laughs> That's what I was like. What? <laughs> Should get into you on your personal time. But, uh, 
This shit, yeah. this shit's gone downhill. <laughs> it <dude>. looks like <laughs> art. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be available on the Patreon. Art, <laughs> art Vandalay. Yeah. yeah, man. It's art vandalism. It's art vandalism. <laughs> <laughs> it's Vandalay's line of springwear. Nice. Let's uh, take a look at a little bit of information you put together here. Yeah. Uh, formed in uh, Martinsburg, West Virginia, 1978. No, way back. Yeah. As Wrathchild. But uh, yeah, there's another band in Britain called Wrathchild. They had to add the America to it. Which I think kind of makes it more more metal. Makes it more America. Well, Wrathchild America definitely sounds better than Wrathchild Switzerland. So. <laughs> Yeah, Radchell Switzerland would be good. No offense, Switzerland. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> if, we're, if we're being honest, though, Coroner Switzerland would sound pretty fucking badass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Coroner is badass, but anyway, sorry, I diverged tangentially there for a second. <laughs> Coming back. The original members, Shannon Larkin, Kevin Keller, and Terry Cotta. Cotta. Mr. Cotta. Yeah, so it's Terry Cartier. Carter and Shannon Larkin definitely went on to the classic lineup. Yes. Uh, started as Atlantis. And then then Tyrant. Morphed into Tyrant and then Wrathchild. And then Brad Devins joined after Kevin Keller threw business cards at him while he was performing in his band at the time. Rat Zalad. Rat Zalad. Hmm. Hashtag Black Sabbath. So where did Jay Bean come from? Did he just materialize? Uh, there was a note about it. It was... Hard to say. It, he had a brother, I think, that knew Kevin Keller, and somehow he got looped in. I don't really remember. I think Kevin Keller was kind of responsible. He did some of the songwriting on the first album, too. And just like how I misspelled Ratchild, Ratchild, the age is silent. I left off the uh, the origination story of how Jay got in the band. <laughs> anyway, he, he materialized. There. He's an alien. He just, came from another place. Yeah. yeah. So we all know the... Uh, all love and revere the wrath child and then oh, yes. at a certain point they kind of morphed into souls at zero yeah that was the early 90s after they got dropped from atlantic and of course pantera at that point had been started to dominate the metal landscape and so they kind of influenced to the groove metal so actually some page i was looking at on facebook recently which was funny because we had sort of been talking about wrath child lately some for some reason wrath child came up so, of course, I'm like, huh? So, I'm looking down in the comments section, and there's, like, a few guys that were like, yeah, when they changed to Souls of Zero, it just went downhill. And they were just basically bad-mouthing the SAS stuff. And I'm like, how could you? Yeah, I know. Everybody's got their own opinions and everything. But your socks not. <laughs> but um, yours is irrelevant. I just, you know, I mean, it was it was a different thing than Rat Child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it was darker, groovier. You know, but some, some, I think one of the guys said something about it. Because of the grunge thing, I'm like, that had nothing to do with grunge. Uh, Sorry, that's kind of like what we were talking about before about just taking like the thrash stuff and making it heavier. That was kind of the same path, I guess, that they did, going from Rachel America to Saz. Because with each album, like 3D got heavier than Climbing the Walls, but then that first Souls at Zero album was markedly heavier than 3D. So that was kind of the path they were going down. Souls of Zero is like a less melodic, heavier version of Ratchel America. In in short. In short. In summary. In, in summary. What uh, what would be a good intro song? For what says? says. I think Hardline. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's just... Or Welcome to the 90s. Either one of those are great. 
straight ahead like you said maybe a little less playful than Ratchild was yeah they it's kind of a little bit more serious I they guess little, they, they kind of meant business in a way not that Ratchild didn't but Souls of Zero had that kind of attitude almost like a little more in your face but then they, they were fun too like Welcome to the 90s had that kind of fun almost you think maybe a ska bit of influence there a little bit yeah I can hear that I mean, I've never really been exposed to a lot of ska, but it seems like that little chorus part. Well, I had that little, uh, I had that sort of, uh, you know, you think about the the Russian dance or whatever, the guys that fold their arms, they're squatted down, kicking their legs out. Mm -hmm. It's got that kind of. You talking about the system of a down road crew? Whatever. Uh, I think they they do that sometimes. (laughs) Like after they set up and break down, they'll do that dance. I don't know. Hashtag xenophobic. Hashtag, what is he saying? <laughs> but Welcome to the 90s had that. That was definitely a very unique thing, too. That little riff, that little. And it was so funny because all the goofy stuff that they talked about in that song was. That was the 90s. It was just. Yep, that's the 90s, all right. <laughs> Absolutely. Would you like to hear it? <laughs> I thought that's what we were doing. <laughs> hey, shut those fucking crickets up. <laughs> you thought you bastards went into a bucket. Called all you crickets bastards. Hi, uh, you're listening to Saz Groove Metal 101. Change the words, but they still be the same. Laughing your teeth just to stay in the room. 
said drain time, I think. Yeah. Oh, a leading oh, nod. It's called backshadowing. See, Brad Evans is backshadowing even before I was backshadowing. He was a progenitor of the backshadowing. Yeah, his influence is powerful. We were channeling him and didn't even know it. Maybe so. Those guys were so awesome, man. It's like, I think they were probably, like, musically, I think they were definitely one of our biggest influences. Yeah, because I, so I think towards the end of our project, we were we were kind of had kind of morphing towards that sort of sound a little bit. Yeah, because it was like they they didn't really give a fuck about genre. It was like Ratchel America would just take whatever they liked and make it theirs, yeah. and it always worked. Yeah, it's like how effortless. There's just no effort. It just yeah. I I think you nailed it with the progressive thing earlier because I think they were sort of pro- like progressive thrash on a different level that we hadn't seen. Yet. Well, if you want to talk about some crazy shit like that, you should play Prego. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the sauce, it's in there. <laughs> if it's if it's fucking in there. If it's available, it's in there. If it's a genre, it's in there. <laughs> More badass drum, right? Tasty stuff. No, they were definitely in a league of their own. That riff is just, it's so nasty, but it's like heavy as fuck, dude. Yeah, they, they had a way. That was pretty cool. They had a way of doing it. Yes. One of the things I liked so much about Rothschild America was that their lyrical content was very vivid. Like we were talking about, like can like the lyrics like Can You from Mad Men and Silent Darkness and even really London After Midnight. Mm-hmm. Kind of painting a story. Yeah, like it was and even into the Souls at Zero stuff, it kinda of took you there. It was like a like a visual element to it. I always appreciated that about Rachel America. Yeah, I was I was kinda of thinking earlier when we were listening, uh 
totally different kinds of music, but his vocal style, well, he just sort of is telling it to you. It reminds me of uh, Phil Lynott, Thin Lizzy. Yeah. Thin Lizzy, he had like a very storytellerish way of that's a stupid word but well that's a that's a valid word i mean, I mean it's like it's like you're listening to a story you know what i mean yeah. you can kind of like put yourself in a situation right you know because like some of his songs are about being rebellious and staying out late and i'm gonna be grounded now but i don't care it was worth it you know and it the way brad devins kind of delivers some of that same stuff, vibe i could kind of see yeah that. it's like he's just kind of talking to you yeah cool so yeah. but their lyrics always had kind of that sort of deeper deeper level of other stuff going on to it which is really cool we love us the right child america he yeah. likes it deeper we like it deeper slower and harder and darker <laughs> tearing <laughs> no blood please thank you <laughs> if you have too much blood he use our new sphincter he, he doesn't even want anything to bite down on you know? <laughs> hey y'all got a leather belt over there just let me use that Bite down on <laughs> This isn't the dentist. <laughs> it's like, what are y'all doing over there? Okay. Uh, this isn't the dentist. Why are you putting a Slurpee in my mouth? <laughs> now we've derailed. <laughs> Three men, one cup, and we're over. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hope I'm not totally destroyed by voice. <laughs> oh my God. So two did, albums each, huh? Yeah. yeah. They did That's one EP with uh, Saz. And on the second Saz album, they had uh, another drummer come in. That was a dude from Snot, I think. I think Shannon Larkin exited at that point and went to Ugly Kid Joe. Uh, that was, in our circles, I think that was one of the most disappointing things to happen because we were kind of like, no. Well, that sounded uh, kind of demonic, didn't it? <laughs> Very nice. You and Chuck Billy. <laughs> but we were, everybody was disappointed that Shannon Larkin went to Ugly Kick Joe because it was like, fuck, dude. Because it was like he was ours, you know? It was like he was like Thrash's secret weapon. It's like, no, 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 no. You can't take him away. But we still give him kudos and commitments regardless. Yes. I actually bought an album one time just because I found out Shannon Larkin played drums on it. The band was called Amen. I, I think I let you hear that. It was, there was one called Spike One Thousand. No, it was a totally different thing. Uh, okay, but yeah. that's another affiliated band, I think. Was it not? Uh, not that I know of. I thought it was, but yeah, the album didn't. I, like I said, I bought it because Shannon Larkin was on it, and upon listening to it, I'm like, yeah, the drums are good. All right, <laughs> and that's oh. everything. <laughs> Needless to say, that was kind of put that one into file. That one, All right. So, hey, man, you hear the new album where only the drums are good? Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. Where only the drums. The EP was really good, too. There's actually a couple tracks I dropped from the EP in there, but the one I thought that was really cool is kind of like a heavier tune. It's called Underneath. Uh, just, I know that I listened to that EP, but I never, for some reason, I never, I didn't really familiarize myself with it. There's a handful of good tunes. I mean, there was a uh, there's a Bad Brains cover, Eye Against Eye. Ah, that nice. was really cool. But the two songs, I think, Don't Ask and uh, Underneath. Underneath had like this almost Sabbath kind of swagger to it to me. It's like it wasn't really fast, but it was definitely heavy. And it was in your face. 
Well, she's got Brad's bass rumbling down underneath it. I always like this bass sound. Yeah, it always added such a depth to it. What's crazy is almost all these songs sound completely different. Exactly. That's why I like them so damn much because it was just refreshing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, they're almost... It's almost not the same band, but it, but you, you can tell it is. But it's, yeah, like some of them are way off. In one of the links, I found that actually, uh, I think it was uh, Decibel uh, online magazine. They're talking about revisiting Ratchel America, but I think they were talking about how they were a band where all their songs were so unique. You couldn't judge them as a band. You had to almost judge them song by song. For and they're probably one of the few bands that have that distinction because they can be as different as that. Versus, you know, like Silent Darkness is completely different from something right. like that. Yep. Yeah. I think one other band that comes to mind, if you want to put a band in that kind of context, was uh, Saigon Kick. Yeah, they were their totally stuff was different. Like, it was all over the board. I mean, totally, totally all over. But in a way, that's kind of cool because it sort of makes each song like its own specific. It's still, a, there's a flavor of them and a certain style that's definitely them. Usually it's the album. Not the song, right? Right. The but album each song can be a little is unique. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the album's still a collection. It right. usually has a common theme. Yeah. But with them, usually, you yeah. never know. A lot of times, a band will be like, "We were kind of going for this sort of theme over the album," and like these right. guys were like, nah. <laughs> But they somehow tied it together. It just, though. It just happened. Right. It wasn't planned. It yeah, just we happened. Yeah, we just did what we felt like. Not intentional. Because like the way they would do like. Like Spy. Spy was a totally random. It had like a jazz kind of vibe to it. And then Drain Time had like this weird, it sounded like the intro to a 70s cop show or something. And it was. (laughs) And then you got, I think probably my favorite Sass song was uh, Grey World. Yeah. I mean, that was just a barn burner, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember playing that on another one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That song can't be loud enough. I think that's what it was. Exactly. One of the ones that that, that we, we have to play it just because. When we saw Ratchel America, I think it was in the it was on the three D tour. And they did kinda of like what Pantera used to do where they would like write on the road and they would have new songs ready, songs like the next album ready to play live. And so Ratchel America was effectively playing what would become like part of the Souls at Zero album. And they played the song Souls at Zero and it shook the whole venue. It was loud and heavy as fuck. That song is badass. Does that mean you want to hear that? That is what it means. The riff compels me. Thank you, down. But wait, there's more.
I still find new shit in that song when I listen to it now, like through headphones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, there's like monk chanting stuff in the background. It's like, what is going on with this? Well, it's uh, dogs in the background. <laughs> the howling, hounds of hell. <laughs> the howling furies. That's Satan. He's watching the door up there. Don't deny the power of Satan. What uh, I found out, it's one of those nerdy things I thought was interesting, is looking up some of their stuff on... Amazon Music, whatever the hell it's called. And you can find the Wrathchild stuff, but you can't find the Souls of Zero stuff. Really? Which I think it probably boils down to the Souls of Zero is on that little indie label. Yeah, yeah I think it was Energy uh, Records or something so, like that. That's, uh, to me, that's because you type in Souls of Zero, it comes up with that band Neurosis. They yeah, had, that they was had like an album, album called Souls of Zero. And I'm like, no. Yeah. It's <laughs> not, not the same one. It's different. Not that I'm poo-pooing the Neurosis, but... Uh, yeah. That's not what I want. Neurosis is quite, quite <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Destroy the dogs real quick. Going to, <laughs> going to address the hounds of hell. Subdue the hounds of hell. Subdue the hounds of hell. Release the hounds, Smithers. You know, thinking back, if they are literally going to be reuniting, as we mentioned earlier, and putting out new shit, I think they would actually be, I think they would be appreciated in this time more than they were in that time, do you think? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because I feel like they were totally underappreciated during that time, and they should have been. They should have been bigger. To yeah, me, they're like because they were badasser. Yeah, well, they're like forbidden that way. It's like they should have fucking been way bigger than they were. Yeah, I, I, I think they fell into that uh, trap. That aside from people that appreciated what they were doing, obviously, that a lot of people kind of just didn't know what to do with them. Yeah, I guess I get that, and maybe there might be more of a contingency that's like more of a musician base that's more into them. Like, you always hear phrases like, you know, like a comics comic, you know, like someone who kind of, you know, is more yeah. advanced or whatever. Yeah. Or doesn't get big, but influences other people. Maybe they're kind of like a metal band's metal band. Like, they never got huge, but their influence had to be mighty and massive because they're so fucking badass. I mean, there's nobody more badass than them. <laughs> just the level of musicality and shit they could just pull just badass out of nowhere. Badass man. Man, their badass tube was off the chain. Let me tell y'all what. I ain't never seen nothing like that. I mean, this is Sam Elliott. I didn't even see Dalton do some shit like that back at the Roadhouse place. The place was a fucking dump, man. <laughs> Next to the Rib Lounge down on Cotlot. That place is almost abandoned. Hey, got, they had Jeff Healy, though, man. Got food poisoning down there one time. It was, it was rough. Jeff Healy. <laughs> hey, that dude could play. He could play better than me. He could play. <laughs> He couldn't even see what the fuck he was doing, and he could play better. Yeah. And he played on his knees, like, upside down. I don't let's know how not, the hell he even did it. Let's uh, not make remember it weird. That guy? Don't make it weird. With him no. Jeff Healy? Yeah, it is. Yeah, watch Roadhouse. Um, yeah. It'd yeah. be a good excuse to watch Roadhouse again. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you need an excuse to watch Roadhouse. That's true. We got on a thing at band practice one night. <laughs> we, uh, what? Just, we said Roadhouse, like, four times. It's like, now I want to go watch fucking Roadhouse. 
Of course. Patrick Swayze hair. Yeah. Hair. <laughs> I wish I had hair like that. I miss it. <laughs> anyway, where I was going. <laughs> After practice one Sorry. night, we were we were all camping out over there at uh, practice that night. And somehow we landed on, uh, what's the one with Keanu and uh, surfing? Point. Oh, yeah. Point, point break. break. Point break. Yeah, we, we ended up on that somehow. And uh, so we're watching that and having fun with that and everything. And then some of the guys started dying off. And me and Tommy were still up, of course. And uh, Roadhouse came on, and we were like, fuck yes! (laughs) (laughs) Because it's fucking Roadhouse. (laughs) Classic. It's it's almost like Roadhouse has to be changed to fucking Roadhouse. Like fucking Slayer. (laughs) Just got to put it in there. (laughs) That's good stuff. Yeah, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I'm thinking uh, uh, to go with Bill's theme of uh, they sound different every song. I think we should go out on... uh, I ain't drunk. I think that's a wonderful idea. And on that note. But, uh, yeah, if if you are not familiar with Wrathchild America slash Souls of Zero, I would say familiarize yourself. You need to learn yourself. Go out and go find it. You will appreciate it, I hope. You will love it. If you love it half as much as we love it, you will absolutely love it. It will change your life. A lot of love. I love, man. And if you're reuniting and putting out a new album, Retro America. We love you. We give you extreme kudos, commitments, love, and condiments. Thank you. All at the same time. Till the next. Yep, nerd out. Ta-ta. Day, baby, when the sun go down, I give it my friends and I begin to clown. Cause I don't care what the people are thinking. I ain't drunk, I'm just drinking. But you're so high. Oh man, you know I ain't high. But you're so high. Yeah, well I just take a little sip every now and then. But you're so high. You ought to be ashamed Stay of yourself. Drunk all oh come on now, you all don't feel like that. Again, a different band. Exactly. Last night, all a lush. Maybe begin to fuss. I, I said, honey, honey hush. Because I don't care what the people are thinking. I ain't drunk. I'm just drinking. But you're so high. Oh, I ain't drunk. It's I'm like Ralph Child Thurgood. You know what I mean? Why y'all doing this to me, man? Ralph Child Thurgood. I'm just having a little bit of fun. All right, boys and girls. That's it. Until the next time. Nerd out. Thank you. Also, yes. Later. This is Nigel Nigerson, and you're listening to Metal Nerdery. Please follow them on the social media. Uh, They're now on Twitter at Metal Nerdery. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Metal Nerdery Podcast. And search for them out in the Googles at metalnerdery.com slash podcast. This is obvious, Osborne. That guy's British. Isn't it obvious? <laughs>